Welcome to this podcast where we come together as little warrior princesses to light our souls, ignite our passions, pathway and purpose, and love ourselves, our family, and the world. This is Melinda Nichols, and I am here with Darcy Homestead, former military wife, stay-at-home mom, and my best friend growing up. She has a degree in child development. She is a trained teacher in early child development for the United States Air Force. She trained and led teachers in knowing how to help young children cope with their deployed military dads, moms, and family members. Welcome Darcy and happy Veterans Day. Thank you for your behind the scenes service as a military wife. And how are you? I'm good, thank you for asking. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We love having you here. Thank you for coming. Many of us want to know what was the most challenging part of being a military wife? Honestly, the most challenging part was dealing with all of the emotions from my children to my spouse and my own emotions and learning how to cope with those. And uh, I think there's questions later that will answer a lot of those, but that was definitely the most challenging. Yeah. Just like finding a balance with those emotions, right? Like, and being the leader. It seems yeah, like. you have to be the leader. Yeah. Because your husband are going through things, your children are going through things, you're going through things, and just, you still have to function, right? Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that you sometimes have to you have to be the leader because your husband is has to adapt to coming and going and the children have to adapt to their dad coming and going. So you really have to be the steady rock in that. Yeah, I love that. The steady rock. And that's what military wives are. They can be just the steady rock for their children and their husbands in and outgoings. And um, I know that like uh, this reminds me of um, a quote by Harold B. Lee that said, you and I, like the most important work you and I will ever do will be within the walls of our own homes. And I really feel like wives and or military wives or military husbands, right, can be that that safe refuge for their family during all of those transitions. And mm -hmm. sometimes crisis, transition, and just everything that the world throws at them in that life to serve the world, to serve our country. Yes, they sacrifice more than people realize, and um, it, it brings me to tears, and I wish that they truly understood what these men and women and families go through, um, through these um, deployments and situations. Yeah, and through the lifetime, right? It's like they have, those who have seen combat, they, they fight that every day of their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, it's a true sacrifice. For the freedoms that we do um that we're able to participate in yes yeah. exactly you're right um my next question was what is the best part or what was the best part of being a military wife the best part was so in most families you have family around you where as a military spouse, you you don't. And so and that may not sound like a good thing, but it was a good thing because our little family became really close, close-knit family because 
we moved so often, so we only had each other. And so I would say the, the best part was the close-knit family that we had, the, the connections that we had, and knowing that we could get through anything together. That was the best part. Yeah. And the military really has like some awesome programs for families to participate in together. Right. And um, one one of our favorites was always the Christmas party. Yes. Yeah. Where they always had Santa. And it was just like this really like personal. I felt like for the children, like a personal Santa party. Like it was just really small and it I loved it. Yes, they have many activities going on all the time. Um, you just have to get on to, um, I'm not sure what the other um, armed forces are, but ours was the um, services department handled all that. And they usually have a website either on Facebook or something that tells about all the activities that they do. And you can get on there and go out and socialize. And, and, and I think that's really important. If you, if you don't have a church to go to or something, at least go to those activities so you can meet people and, and socialize. Yeah, that, that is definitely that best part is that extended military family where you just know wherever you go, you're gonna have that family of women that get what you're going through, that you're not in it alone at all. That's yes. awesome. How did you manage? So this one's a good one. This is one of my favorites because I, when I was a military wife, I always told my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what is harder when you leave or when you come back. Like, I don't know because those transitions are so hard. And so what would you say, um, how did you manage those readjustments and those transitions in your family life when he would leave for duty or deployment versus when he would return? Um, my example is actually not come from my family, but um, from the children as well. But so what we would do before he would leave is we would, if we didn't have some kind of stuffed animal or something like that, that had his voice in it, then we would go do that first, um, build a bear. But they also have some more inexpensive ones online where you can buy the bear and then just buy the speaker and then sew it into the bear. And my kids loved that because it would, they would hear his voice whenever they wanted to because he couldn't always call. There's was some deployments that he would have to only call once a week, so it was important for them to hear his voice. Another thing that we do that I did as a teacher and what I did with my own children is um, we make a photo album or we make some kind of poster with all the pictures of them and the deployed family member and my children um i gave them a personal picture of their dad and they could carry that sorry <laughs> i'm gonna start crying but they could carry where they wanted um some people are protective over their pictures but i think that you should at least print off an extra one so that they can carry that around with them. Another thing is um, before they leave, you need to explain to the children what's going on. And you need to sit down with them and let them know that the daddy's leaving, but he will be back. And he's leaving because he's doing service for the country. He's doing this for people in the country so that so they don't have to leave their families and he doesn't, 
leave our families because he wants to. He's doing it because this is what um, is asked of him. And they need to understand that he's not leaving because of them, because there's a lot of anger issues that come up um, if you don't fully explain the purpose of the deployment. Um, I remember my daughter, she was three at the time and she didn't quite understand what was going on. Daddy was just leaving. And at first she would just miss him. And then after a couple of months, it, it turned to anger. And I wasn't quite able to handle that. Um, so what I did was, is we just talked about daddy more and more and more and talked about how he was serving his country and this was a good thing and that we would see him soon. And um, during the deployment is what I'll switch into now is we would always talk about their dad. And um, we do that when I, when I taught, we would read books about deployments. We would talk to the children about deployments. If they were having a hard time, we would write their dad or mom a letter or the family member a letter. And um, we would give it to the person so they can mail it out. Um, I do that with my children a lot. We would make pictures and paint things and send it to their dad. We would make cookies and send it to their dad. When we went to the stores, we would find one thing that daddy liked and find that. Yeah. We um, just incorporated dad as much as possible. Even if we couldn't talk to him, at least we talked about him. Yeah. Um, and when he came back, um, you have to understand that they go from no children around them to constantly working, working, working. They come back exhausted and tired and they're not used to being around children. They're not used to being around you and um, you have to give them their space, but also you need to start incorporating the family again. So what I did is I did a slow progression back into the family. I let him have his space, but I gave him one thing to do with the children every day. Um, so it was either a book to them or um, tuck them in at night. It was just little things every day so they can slowly get used to their dad being there again. And that made a big difference. And I didn't expect a lot of him at, at first because they do need time to decompress and get used to the family life again. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of those ideas. I My favorite one, when um, Monty was gone for a year, that's my husband, Monty, and we had just had our baby, our second baby. She was like three months old. And he took time to videotape himself reading them stories every night. So he could, so every night they could put that in and watch daddy read them this story. We also did the Build-A-Bear. It's definitely important that they can just push his button whenever they want to listen to it and not just when mom has time to turn on the video, right? It's a little more accessible than it was like, you know, eight years ago, right? We just have them on our phone, but, but yeah, all, and writing letters and taking them shopping, like giving them that time to like connect with dad that way which really is the answers to our next the next question i had here was how did you manage uh how did you help 
your children feel a closeness with him when he was gone. And I think you touched on that just really beautifully. Like when you went shopping, you shopped for dad, like you picked one thing for him and, and you wrote him letters. And I know that my, so my children were at the time I just had the two children and my oldest daughter was about two and my baby when he was gone the longest. And going out to the mailbox was like Christmas morning, like every day they would put a letter in there for him. Um, do you have any more to add on how to have that closeness with dad when he's gone for your children? I think the biggest thing my kids missed was his hugs. And so, sorry. And this okay. might be, a, this might be a lot, but so what we decided is we got a big pillow and they yeah. have big pillow pictures on them. So they, yeah. when they, their dad, they will cuddle their dad at night. And that made a big difference. Um, and their dad did things too. He would buy them things from over there and send them so that, so that he would um, have things coming to them to remember him. Um, he would also send um, some pictures um, and to us and I would go through the pictures with the kids. And when we would talk to him, he would tell us about the pictures and what went on in the pictures and and he would explain what he was doing there. And he would yeah. explain his purpose over there and how he's helping people. And um, one deployment, um, every deployment was different than what he was doing, but one deployment, he was feeding people there. So he was helping pre uh, prepare the mills and he was talking to kids about how happy um, the guys were there to get this this delicious meal that he was able to make and that made the kids smile because they knew that their dad was making people happy so. yeah and i love oh it just gives me goosebumps when you talk about how important it is to explain what they're doing and why they're doing because the thought that came to me is like they're not the problem they're these children are the heroes because they go through it Yes. on this emotional level that I don't think anyone else has to do that would understand as a child of, okay, I'm not with dad because he's being a hero and just helping them understand that they're a hero because they are just, they're there supporting their dad that way. And there is anger that comes through. I remember my daughter was two and the year that my husband was gone, he, he got to come home for Christmas. And so that was really neat and she had fun, right? But that's like two weeks, then he had to leave again. And she mm -hmm. would not look, two years old, would not look at him at the airport. Like, what are you doing? I remember this place last time you were gone for a long time. I'm not talking to you, <laughs> you know? And the men, like that's hard for them. And the wives, the, the men and the women who leave their children, knowing that it's hurting them, but knowing that they have a great, uh, this tremendous purpose to serve us, to serve our country, that's powerful, yeah. in my opinion. A big thing that um, that helped was um, my daughter, so my daughter is 10 and she's moved six times and my son is eight and he's moved five times. Um, so the, they moved a lot. And so the connection in the family was huge and the, the connection to their dad was huge. And so 
the things that helped us the most was connecting in as many levels as possible. And so even a Friday night movie night where we cuddled dad every Friday um, and just made plans to do that made a huge difference. And um, still today, even though their dad um, and I are no longer together, my kids still thrive on the cuddling and the the Friday night movie night, you know, and so they, they need those things more than anything. They need the affection. And another thing I wanted to say is you have to be the rock and you have to be strong and you have to control your emotions a little bit. And you can't talk about the biggest thing is try not to talk about your spouse in front of your children in a negative way. Always try to make it positive. And um, if you're having a hard time, then talk to a friend um, and just don't don't say anything negative. And to help them through that is sometimes my, my daughter would bawl in my arm. They how much she missed her dad and my son would too. And I would just say to them, I miss him too. I understand. And I'm sorry you're going through this, but um but we will get through this together. And if you want, we can make special treats for daddy tomorrow to make him smile or, or, um, I call them, um, distraction activities. Yeah, absolutely. Come up with activities that would distract them away from the emotions a little bit, or give them an outlet to put their emotions on, whether it's paint or cooking or something like that. And that helped a lot. And, um, just talking like crazy, um, and stay out of the negativity as much as possible. Absolutely. And that um, amazing emotional coaching right there, where it's like, you don't have to be strong. You don't have to have everything figured out, but you get to cry and miss dad. Like that's a natural, healthy thing to miss him. And I love how you did that with your children. I know that a, a lot of military wives have probably been through that where I remember just sitting with my daughter in the middle of the night, just, she was crying and I said, just cry. I'm going to cry with you because I miss him too. Yes. And that is the most important thing to let them know that their emotions matter and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. And I love how it's like, let's go make them cookies. Like, let's just make this, let's just show them we love them in some way, put that energy somewhere. Right. Yeah. Awesome. What was that? Try to find some positive in it. Yes, absolutely. Um, how did you manage um, any fears that you had when he was gone or if your children had those fears? How did you help kind of maneuver them through that and yourself as well? Um, I am religious, so we would pray for his safety um, every night. Um, but also we talked, I talked to my children about um, things, but I didn't tell them the extent of everything. I remember one time I was talking to my spouse and they had just got hit by, um, by I don't, remember exactly what it is. So I'm not going to say, but they just got hit by something and he was distressed and I had to be the calm one in that situation. And I had to say, it's okay. Um, I'm just 
I'm just grateful that you're safe and I'm just grateful that you're okay. And that, um, and that that's all that it was. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I was able to keep calm in that situation. Um, the biggest thing that helped me was prayer. But if, um, you do not believe in a religion, I would say, um, just communicate with your spouse. And if he does not call or he's not able to call, don't let your mind think the worst. Think positive and tell you know exactly what's going on. Because I've learned that the more you worry about what's wrong, the more it affects you emotionally. And it affects the way you handle your children and your children need you to be strong at this point in time. So do your best to um, try to put that aside. I mean, you still have it in your mind, but try to put that aside and, and know that you can get through it every day and communication will help that. Um, even though you know that he's in danger, try to communicate with him like the letters. Um, if you need some type of outlet because you're emotionally distressed, write a letter to him. And um, just like the children's painting and, and cookies making, um, find a way to have an outlet. The other thing is you really need to have somewhere to go besides your children. So you need a babysitter at least um, every other month to give you a release because during that time you're a single mom, you are a single mom and you need some kind of time to yourself so that the emotions don't build up on you. You need some type of release. And so at least have a babysitter um, every other month. So a lot of military spouses, they, they move and they move and they move. We moved every two to three years his, um, the whole time I was with him. And so it was hard on me and the children because I didn't know who to trust with my children. Um, right. I don't know about the other places, but they have a thing called give parents a break and oh. for spouses. And it's actually free. I believe it's a once a month or at least every other month where you can take your children there. It's um, where I used to work is at the child development center. Um, and they do that so that, so your ex, or your, sorry, your, my ex would set up it to where I would get free childcare every other month um, for my children. And that gave me somebody that was educated that I could trust my children with. Another thing is if you, if you don't wanna do that route, um, the best thing is, is try to make friends and try to get to know people um, as soon as possible, and especially before your um, husband deploys, so you knew, know who to trust with your children so that you can get that much-needed break. Absolutely. That is great advice. Definitely to find those outlets like you're talking about and to have a break as mom, because as mom, like, we, we, we are so brave. They're, they are going, and, and, and the military uh, husbands and wives, they are very brave. The spouses that stay back, we have to trust everything in those moments and just be patient. And to me, that takes bravery to not try to control, to not be able to control anything. You just, 
have to be there and manage your mind. And the way to do that is going to be self-care. Take care of yourself. Go get a, like you said, pedicure, manicure, spa day, Mm -hmm. you know, meditate, take care of yourself. So important. Put on, I mean, on this podcast, a lot of people know I'm very religious. I put a lot of God in, in all of my work. And so you put on that armor of God every day. And that's the brave part is you put on that armor every day and you're like, okay, we're doing this again. And my, my partner is going to be okay. And, um, and if not, then we're going to get through it. Yes. And, and know that as military families, you are serving the world. Yes. And we are all very grateful to all of you military families. Um, Darcy, is there any um, uh, support groups, other support groups that you know of that, or that you've been a part of that you would recommend to others before we end today? Um, There's always Facebook groups. They're usually um, military wives, Facebook groups, or um, a lot of times they have um, groups for the squadrons and you can get on those groups and they um, post events and things like that. There's also, uh, they're called key spouse. And I was actually a key spouse um, for a lot of women for a little while. And what that person is assigned to different women. Um, and a lot of people don't give um, that spouse credit for what she does, but she is the woman that usually has lived there for a little bit. And so she knows people and she knows um, the area. And even if you don't trust her to talk to or whatever, you can at least contact her and say, hey, who's someone I could trust to watch my children or, or what, are, what are my resources or what are the sites that I can get onto to, to talk to, to women and meet women and, and meet friends. Um, a lot of those key spouses can help you do that. But what their purpose is, is to help you in any way possible. So don't think of them as um, a negative thing. The persona of them is that they think that they're better than others when in reality, they're just trying to help people and they just try to put on activities for women and families to come together and and meet each other and grow. Basically, don't try to do it alone. Don't hide out. You need to connect with others. Find the person because there are people out there. They have so many programs out there for us military families or former military families, and um, they just want us to use it, right? But we have to choose that. Resources. There's even resources with... um, We've had, we went through marriage counseling a lot and that was all paid for. There's also counseling with um, just one-on-one. There's tons of resources and the key spouse or um, for Air Force, it's actually family readiness. So you go to family readiness center and um, they can give you almost every answer. Yeah, that's awesome. And I loved our family readiness group. They were awesome. Um, So definitely check that stuff out if you are feeling alone or confused or lost. And I love, Darcy, how you mentioned like all of these tools. 
no matter what the outcome of things, that you're enjoying that moment that you have as a family in that moment and that experience, whether you know, you're divorced or whether you stay married or whether there's PTSD involved or whatever is happening, that there are tools that you can do to enjoy those moments together and to try to make things um, as easy as possible as you all strive to be heroes for, the, for our country. So definitely utilize those. Um, thank you, Darcy, so much for your wonderful insights and stories and support to all of us military wives and former military wives and families. Being a military wife takes courage. Here on this podcast, we help others find that courage, that courage to enjoy our relationships, our wins, our successes, and even our failures, because there will be some of those too. We help one another find courage to pray, to hope, to forgive and connect again. We get it. This is a place to clear the air, to breathe and condition our warrior strength together. Here on this podcast, we light, ignite, and love. We do this through stories, brainstorming challenges, practicing letting go techniques, sharing wins, and igniting the power within to strengthen the little warrior princess in each of us. By being an example of a little warrior princess, we encourage, influence, and inspire our men to, into becoming warriors who are aligned right. We are a gift to our men and our families, and we are daughters of God. We forge on, we forge war on the evils of the world, reclaim our power and spread light. We ignite the strength within our families and shine love throughout the world. Together, we strengthen ourselves, our men, our families, and our homes. We stand for truth. We stand for what's right. We are all little warrior princesses. Join me next time where we will happily welcome Wileen Benson, purpose mentor and Christian business coach and the creator of the Daily Gratitude Call, where we will ask her all about the benefits of starting every day out with gratitude, helping us to forge onward, lighting up, igniting, and loving the world. This is Melinda Nichols, and I'm a little Dosha warrior princess, and I love you. Talk to you soon. Bye.